This is Naturally Supernatural. Um, my name is Brent Heishman. Um, we're working with the Mentoring Task Force with this session. Um, so there happen to be a couple of uh, hard copy handouts in the back of the room. Um, if you want to, you can go to your schedule, your Synergy Schedule app, and download them. All of the information today is also available electronically there. Um, so you can take those home. Um, also, just wanted to give you a heads up. There is a, a sign-up sheet in the back. If you would like us to connect with you, if you'll leave your contact information on that sheet, um, we'll reach out to you either by text or email, or if you prefer Facebook or something, just indicate that, and we will uh, we'll reach out to you. So welcome, welcome. For those of you that, like me, who are wandering around looking for a room of rest, otherwise known as a restroom. Um, there happen to be two close by. Right out here behind you is the ladies' room. If you go a little bit farther and around the corner, it's the men's room, not too far away. But um, we were up on this top floor and challenged trying to find which ones were open. But those two are. All right. So again, one more time as you guys are coming in, make sure so you know that you're in the right place. Um, and there's a couple, several seats up here. And if we run out of seats, I think there might be some chairs in the hallway that you can grab. This is the Naturally Supernatural session. Uh, my name is Brent Heishman. Um, I am lead the, super, uh, the mentoring task force. Also just recently um, took the pastorate. Hey, guys. You need, I need to talk louder. Okay, great. Um, so I just uh, I'm lead the Mentoring Task Force with the Ohio Ministry Network. Is that better? Okay. Okay. And just recently took the pastorate in Marion, Ohio at Centerpoint Church. So we're getting uh, acclimated to a new group of people and a new community, and it's been really exciting. The Lord's been doing some really, really good things. If I trail off and you need me to go higher, just go like this, and I will, I will adjust the volume. How you doing, Steve? It's good to see you. Um, I want to begin just by um, opening in prayer, but I, I want to I do it um, a, a little bit differently, maybe than just a typical prayer at the beginning of a class. Um, I really, uh, I think it's important that we um, learn how to sense what God's doing. Um, there, there are lots of ways that God has given us to sense what he's doing. We have um, physical senses, our emotions, our minds, our reason, our ration. Um, we can contemplate God. Um, we can have emotions about God. Um, some of us are wired differently. Some of us are going to go after God one way. Others will go after God with another way. Other, other will, others will sense his presence maybe um, in, in one um, expression, and another will be very different because some of us lead with our heads. Some of us lead with our hearts. Um, so... I don't think it's, it's necessarily an issue one way or the other um, how you encounter God, but you need to know how you encounter God. 
And you need to, I think you need to be aware of, um, of his presence in your life. And so we're just going to invite um, the Holy Spirit to come and overwhelm us, whatever that looks like. Okay? So Holy Spirit, we are so fortunate that you are way bigger than us. Way more distracting than anything else that's going on in our world, God. In heaven, you are center stage, Jesus. Father, you are center stage in heaven. We just ask that now you would overwhelm us. Overwhelm our minds. Overwhelm our senses. Come, Lord. Come, fill us. Surround us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just pray that throughout this session and throughout this day, you will deepen our awareness of you. Help us to know you're here like Jesus knew the Father was near. Help us to encounter heaven like Jesus encounters heaven. Give you that, all of our praise and all of our attention and all of our hearts. Just say, flood us, Lord. Flood us with the atmosphere of heaven in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Did you hear that? She said she just felt like as we were praying that God has a huge angel here in this room with his wings spread out, just covering us, eclipsing everything in the room. So uh, thank God for um, revelation as we pray. I've, I've learned to expect that what I ask um, for that God will do, um, oftentimes I've been guilty of praying for somebody, um, saying in my prayer, I expect them to be healed. And when they're healed, I'm surprised. (laughs) And I think sometimes in our prayer, when we ask the Holy Spirit to come, I think we should be more surprised that he doesn't come or we don't not we don't sense that he's here than the other way around. So so thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I want to go with the the second um, handout, increase your awareness of God and your dependence upon Him. And I want to look at um, a couple of things. I think that um, the way to increase your awareness of God is to turn your attention to Him. The Word of God is a great, great starting point. Um, the Word of God is written, yes, um, but Jesus is the Word of God. So we're not just going after knowledge, we're going after a person, right? So, so as we read 1 Corinthians 6.19, um, we're listening to the words of Jesus. We're listening to Jesus. We're listening to the Holy Spirit because He is in these words. And Paul asks the church, reminds them, do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Now, I've heard that a lot, but this is when I have to listen to the Holy Spirit and listen to His Word and ask, as I look into this Scripture, what is God saying? What is He saying to me? My body is a church. 
My body is a physical receptacle that God chooses to dwell in. That's huge. I'm not sure what it would look like for God to be in, um, you know, in a Toyota. Okay. But obviously, if he's in me, I mean, he's so big, so large, so powerful, so loving, so awesome. If I have any sensibilities whatsoever, if my body is his temple, when he inhabits my body, I should know it. I just believe I should know it. Okay? Luke 4.14 says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. What What do you think that looked like? What do you think that felt like? What do you think he was experiencing? What do you think people who encountered him were experiencing? Luke 6.17 gives us a little bit of a clue as to what that might have looked like. He went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. What did, what were you, what would your senses tell you about that day? What, what, what were people learning, hearing, seeing, thinking, as they watched, or better yet, were encountered with that power coming from Jesus? You ever been to a, a power station? They've got it all fenced off because it's, there's too much. Voltage there, they want, want you to die, you know, so they keep you away. But you, you get a little bit close, you can actually feel electricity, can't you? You feel that. It hums. I wonder, I wonder what the power that's in Jesus that raises the dead sounds like. I don't know. I don't know. Does it have to sound like something? I don't know. But opening up my heart and my my mind, my imagination, my spirit to who God is and what he's doing, I think is a critical part of when you're reading the word of God, that it, it goes a little bit past just a knowledge intake. It's when, when I have devotions, if I just have done my duty, I don't think I've done my duty. <laughs> when I open the word of God, and if Jesus says, I am the Word, I want to have an encounter with the Word. I want an encounter with Him. Not to mention that we are um, Spirit-baptized, uh, the church that's um, open to the move of the Spirit. We want His presence. And so I want to ask you some questions just to kind of give you a little bit of a, uh, a way to see um, 
maybe what your sweet spot is, okay? I, I, have, I have some sweet spots that I, that I go to when I really need God, okay? You know, when you're in Walmart and you have an opportunity to make an eternal difference in somebody's life, you better know what your sweet spot is because you're not going to have 15 minutes to go around the back to the frozen food aisle and get in the presence of God so you can come back and say something that's going to touch somebody's life or do something that's going to touch somebody's life. Um, I, I think it's important that we understand um, our relationship with the Lord so that at a drop of a hat, instantaneously, we can hear, we can be on the same page with Him. It would even be better if we didn't even have to wait a second that we just walked with him and that increased, right? That's how Jesus did it. But let me ask you some questions. How, how do you experience the presence of God? Do you experience the presence of God in, in public worship? When you walk into um, a church service or a meeting and there's praise and worship going on, um, what happens? Are you aware? Is there an increased awareness of, of God's presence? Um, what about in private worship? Whether that looks like reading His Word, praying, worshiping, singing to Him, um, just being quiet in His presence. How do you encounter the presence of God there? What about in public prayer? Can we, at a, in a public prayer meeting, I ask this question because I have a lot of people who won't come to a public prayer meeting because they say it's too much of a distraction. And I can get that. I've been in some prayer meetings that are probably more of a distraction than they were drawing me to God. But um, some of us as introverts tend to hear God better by ourselves and people are an issue, okay? And there are, there are, there are other times that, um, you know, we do a lot better about hearing the presence of God in a crowd. just depends on sometimes just how we feel, whether we've had too much people or not, you know? <laughs> um, but I think, it's, I think it's important not only to be aware of where you're at, but also to recognize, isn't it important that we, would, we should be able to, okay, let's say um, a, a public expression of worship isn't your thing. Maybe music isn't your thing. But shouldn't we be able to go into even a dry worship setting and turn the atmosphere up a bit? I, why, why would I say that? Because I think Jesus does that. I think everywhere Jesus went, he just went, more heaven, <laughs> right? I mean, just, and, and, and I am, I'm asking the Lord if I'm, if I'm going to be as much like Jesus, if I'm going to be naturally supernatural, because I think Jesus was naturally supernatural, right? He didn't have to work that up. It was just who he is. He is naturally supernatural. I, I, if I'm going to be like Jesus, I want to be able to do what Jesus did 
to be able to come into any setting, first of all, um, and not be cheated out of a God encounter because the setting isn't right. Okay? Um, I've heard people say, well, I, I just can't get anything out of that dry service. What would Jesus do in a dry service? And, and is it necessary for us always to have to get something or could we be a little bit more like him and feel, hey, I'm here to give something and that would be even more exciting. Right? Right? I'm here to give something. So um, I just believe that as we look at, at our spiritual growth and becoming aware of God, we have to be dependent upon him and we have to be aware of him, and we have to be aware of our dependence upon him. Jesus said a couple of things that challenge me. He said, I, I only do what I see my father doing. I, I'm not trying to be um, disrespectful, but in some sense, that's a short leash. At least... Sometimes for us, I think I can just share my, yeah, I'm just going to share my heart. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to say what I want to say. But Jesus didn't come to do what he wanted to do and to say what he wanted to say. He came very specifically connected to the Father, dependent on the Father, and he said only what the Father said and did, only what he saw the Father doing. Wow. Man, maybe I should limit myself that way, right? I mean, how, how do you limit yourself, connecting yourself to a limitless, omniscient, all-powerful God? You don't. All of a sudden, I become way more effective than I was before because I have plugged myself into God. So I want to be, I want to be dependent upon Him. And, and as, as I understand that, I want to grow in my... Awareness and want to grow in my dependence upon the Lord. So, personally, what, how am I growing in that? Um, that level one there, to, to encounter the presence of God in your heart and mind. What does that look like? Um, can I encounter Him on Sunday morning? Because the worship's good. Preaching was good. Um, can I encounter him um, at home after the service as I'm reflecting on what God did and what God said? How about Monday morning? When there aren't any great Christians all around me and great music and great preaching. What about Monday morning? What about a bad Monday morning? What about a hostile Monday morning? <laughs> Just can't sense the presence of God here. And I don't know that Jesus ever said that, so I need to quit saying things he didn't say. I don't know that he walked in any... I mean, he walked into some pretty hellish places, right? What good would it have done? It was, it was pretty recently after the beginning of his ministry, right? And um, there was a crowd that gathered, and they were going to take him out. And he, and he walked through 
the crowd untouched because it wasn't yet his time. What if in the midst of that time, he started saying things like, man, I don't, where's, where's, where's my father at? Oh, this crowd, man, I feel a lot of hell here. I feel a lot of the devil here. Man, they're, they're wanting to kill me. What if, he, what if he would have rehearsed all of that? What happens when we rehearse all that? We forget that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. You know, that, that song that we've, we've sung many times, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by God. I'm surrounded by him. I'm always surrounded by him. And so I, I, think, I think we've got to guard our hearts, grow our hearts. If we're going to be supernatural, I think it begins with a, a dependence upon the one who is supernatural. Um, so not only do we want to encounter God, but we want to keep and abide in the presence of God, right? I think we want that abiding to increase, to grow. The older we get, the better at it we should be. Right? Yeah. The more the presence of God, the, the longer we're in the presence of God, the more we should get that. We, the longer we're in Christ, the more we should get that. Um, we want to overflow with the presence of God to others. And we also want to be able to overflow in such a way that we change the atmosphere around us. Jesus is a gift to this world. And so are you. Everywhere you go, let God love through you, emanate out of you, Go off someplace and get filled with the power of God so you can go into work Monday morning, whatever you're going to do this week, that people's lives are forever changed because of the God inside of you. Um, so, I, I want to jump to the back page for a minute. There's a couple of um, skills here that, that you can look at. Um, but I think this is, this, this is simple and basic. A lot of times, I really don't care how I get there. Okay? But when it comes to trying to help somebody else who doesn't know how to grow in their relationship with the Lord, then it becomes important for us to ask the questions, are there steps? What do I do? What, what, do I, what do I do if I'm overwhelmed by the circumstance? I think the first thing is to give thanks that God is bigger than my circumstances. And, and a, a way for us to find that pathway to, to increase our ability um, to sense the presence of God, to encounter the presence of God, to walk in the presence of God, it always has to start with, with thanksgiving and praise. And for me... People say, well, how can you be thankful? You know, the, the, the pilgrims celebrated Thanksgiving, right? They, if you look back over the year, they didn't have a whole lot to be thankful for, except that a few of them survived. 
And it just depends on what kind, what do you want to focus on? Do you want to focus on that more people died than lived this year? And some people will say, because that happened, I can't be thankful. But Thanksgiving isn't reactive. Thanksgiving is proactive and it's prophetic. Thanksgiving changes me into what really is the case is that God is bigger. God is stronger. God hadn't left me. God hasn't given up on us. God hasn't failed. And and whatever it takes for me, I need to thank him that that's who he is. Right? Right. So we want want to thank him. Then we want to praise him. And and I believe as we do that, um, whether it's in worship, whether it's in our our prayer time, um, there are things that God will begin to do. And I want to I coach you for just a second, and then we're going to jump to the second page. I don't know where I got this from, so maybe you're not as silly as I am. Um, but as I was trying to grow in my, my, my prayer life and my time spent with the Lord, I too, at one point, struggled reading and praying and spending any significant amount of time in devotions because my mind just wandered and I got bored and it just didn't feel like I was accomplishing anything and my list of to-dos would start running through my head. Okay. Um, But in that process, I found that sometimes through praise and thanksgiving or whatever God would bring to my heart and I would begin to feel my spirit lean towards God if I would continue to lean into what God was saying or doing, I would find that it would increase until I would say, oh, I'm just working this up. Because I was told by a lot of people who were led by their heads that it's dangerous to be led by your emotions because your emotions will steer you wrong. And there is at least 50% truth in that. My emotions sometimes steer me wrong. But I don't want to be led by some people's heads either. Okay? So I don't know that it's a bad thing to be head-led or heart-led. I think, ultimately, we want to be spirit-led. Our head needs to be led by the Spirit, and our heart needs to be led by the Spirit. So if it's a thought... There, there was one time I had an experience that I said, Hallelujah, and it was like the presence of God quickened that. I was like, what's that? I mean, I said, hallelujah, you sing a song a million times until, you know, why all of a sudden? And I found myself, and he was just teaching me to follow him. I found myself just repeating hallelujah for about 15 minutes. And with every repetition of that hallelujah, it got deeper. So now I don't know if that means anything to you, except I want to give you permission to follow the leaning of the Holy Spirit. When you sense that God is someplace or on something or doing something, continue to go after that. Does that make sense? Okay. For those of you that are worried that we're going to work something up, it's really important for you to ask the question, um, how long have you been saved? Do you love Jesus? The scripture says, I have the mind of Christ. Is that thought coming from me or from God? Yes, both. 
I would hope at this, at this age in the Lord that if something flashes through my mind, I've given God more permission. And so I don't want to just say, I wonder if that's me. What I want to ask the question is, is does this, does this sound more like Jesus or more like the enemy? Okay. And if it sounds more like Jesus, it probably is him. So um, that, that, may, that may help untangle us. And then once, once we are going after what God's doing, even in a worship service on, on Sunday morning, the, the goal isn't um, just to be thankful and just to be, the, the, which is important, but ultimately the goal is to be in his presence. That's the goal. And so I find, I find how mature I am in that if I'm able to stay in the presence once the band stops. Right. Okay. We'll take a, a, a moment just to maybe to surface some questions before we go to the second sheet. Are we till 10.15? Is that when we? 11.15? Okay, so we've got about halfway point. Any, any questions that you might have? Um, any pushback or... Um, yes, sir. I, I have a comment along the line. You know, learning how to trust what sounds like... I mean, because oftentimes the prompting of the Holy Spirit are in our own voice and our own mind. But the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit and the flesh are constantly at war. The Holy Spirit will never say something the flesh agrees with. The flesh will never agree with anything the Spirit says. So I know what my two-year-old bratty self sounds like. I've listened to that voice for years. And so when that voice starts shouting, no, you don't want to do that, well, that's also uh, that's one way I've learned to understand and trust that this might very well be God. When that voice rises up, like, ah, okay, okay, I can trust this a little bit. Good. Good. Yes, sir. I heard something that's yeah, kind of revealing to me is, when you don't feel like praying, talk to God about it. <laughs> <laughs> really Sometimes you just have to say, God, I don't feel you. I don't sense you. This stinks, life stinks, everything else. But then follow that with affirmations of faith if you don't know how to put it in words. Thank mm-hmm. thankful for the power of the Holy Spirit. You can bring the Spirit. But also then just use affirmations of faith. Lord, I don't feel your presence. I don't sense anything. But I know you are God. I know you're my rock. I know you're my fortress. I know you're my savior. Just making affirmations of faith can sometimes bring you through. Good. Can you describe or explain more on the abiding with Christ? Is it more practical or more you put keep slash abide and trust in God? Yeah. I, flesh that out for us. I, I, th- that out for us. I, I think. <laughs> I think. Well, let's use our hearts and our minds. Let's use our emotions and our intellect, okay? Because that tends to be where, where we're at. Um, I have to make sure that my, if I'm going to abide intellectually or mentally in the Word, I need to make sure that I'm constantly making my mind agree with what the Scripture says. Okay? So, so I think sometimes we don't sense the presence of God around us because our heads are disagreeing with God a lot. So we have a lot of internal talk in our, in our heads that 
is in opposition to what God would say. And so I think in a sense, and I'm not sure exactly this is what you were asking for, but for me to abide mentally is to, is to bring my thoughts to a place. And I can't control all my thoughts, but I can direct my thoughts, right? I, I, need, I need to say that ain't right. Jesus isn't saying that. This is what he's saying. And the way, I, the way I get the thoughts out of my head is to thank God that his truth is greater and begin to focus. I can't focus completely on two things at the same time. So if I focus completely on God, the other thoughts are going to disappear. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, right? Corinthians tells us if I, if I gaze into his glory, I become changed. And, and when I gaze into his image, I gaze into his word, I gaze into his face, I gaze into my understanding of who God is. I, literally, I change, my mind changes, because that's part of what needs to change is my head changes. And I also think that if my heart isn't doing right, I'm getting up this morning, I don't feel good. And there's reasons I don't feel good. Maybe my body's not well. Okay? Maybe there's a lot of things that are happening. My heart is sad. Um, David taught us to talk to our heart. What's wrong with you, soul? Why are you so downcast? The king's here. The king's in the room. I don't care how bad today is. The king's in the room. Somebody better. You know what? He, he just walked in. Are you going to sit there and go, oh, me? Or are you going to? King's here. Everything just got better. Everything just got better. Every, and you know what? Right now, I'm not trying to put anything on, but I'm just telling you, I can feel my countenance and my emotions and my head change. So, Steve, I guess I would say the very basics of that, I think underlying, because obedience is born out of that, um, service is born out of that, as our, as our heads and our hearts are in line. Love the Lord with all your heart, right? Love the Lord with all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. So if we can get those pieces together, I think it becomes natural to abide and to do what he wants to do. Yeah, right, right. Uh, well, let's, let's go right behind you because... works. Somebody else have a hand up? Go ahead and then back here a second. Um, I, I, th I think 
sometimes we think about work differently than Jesus does. One thing that helps me, no matter what the question is along these lines, is whatever my question is, it goes back to what you said. I ask God, why don't I feel, why don't I sense, why do I feel drier here than over here? It's a great question. I have found God loves to answer my questions. I asked him a couple questions on the way down. Wasn't feeling well. I've had a busy week. Lots going on. And it was all I could do um, to keep my mind on the road as he just began to, to speak to me so willing and, and chide me a little bit. Why haven't you asked me this sooner? So I think questions help. Um, I, I think asking God how he sees what you're doing. I think sometimes we forget that we're on a mission. If you're not in a mission, you need to quit. You don't have enough time to live another day doing something that isn't God's mission for you. And I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying oftentimes our, uh, the, way, the way we live, approach our lives is that we're undercutting who we are and who God is and what God wants to do. Um, uh, sure. Yeah, and even, even in the midst of sickness or disease, in the throes of death, in a war, I want to be overwhelmed by the presence of God in all those moments. And so I, 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 I just continue to ask the Lord more, God. I know that the devil is buffeting me. I know that I'm in an adverse place. But God, make me more aware, just like the prophet told his servant, you know, the servant came and said, we're busted, dude. You shouldn't have said what you said to all those people. The king's armies are here. And he said, you know what? Just open up your eyes and look. Greater are those for us than against us. And, and, I, and I think, don't you think that's where Jesus was? Don't you, don't you, don't you think that's where, when, even when they were nailing him to the cross, he wasn't going, oh, dog, I, Man, this is bad. <laughs> uh, you know, certainly it was bad. Certainly we're feeling that. But there's that level of, I, I know I'm in the will of the Father. I know I'm in the will of the King. And, and there was, you, you need to know that His Spirit was soaring. I just believe that. Just believe that there were moments in the midst of those difficult times that, that he, was being, he was being touched um, supernaturally by heaven. So... I encountered that a lot, and um, and with my coworkers, we were talking about how just certain clients or something they just drain you, and um, and it is evil. And so the then whenever I start thinking, about, okay, how do I refine this? And it's those people need me. The ones that bring me joy, it's wonderful, but they don't need me like those who drain me. 
And so you have to just sort of concentrate and say, Lord, show me how to open the safe so that we can overcome those people that try and invest, which is the evil. Yeah. 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 So maybe a couple. Were there some that had some hands that we, we missed? With? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So every every group of people is so different. They're in so many different um, places. You, you've got you've got people who don't know Christ at all in a public worship service. You've got people who the reason they came to church is they want to be in the holy of holies with Jesus. And you you have you have those two things, and you're you're in you're in a public setting. Um, and, and finding, I don't know if I want to answer this in this context, maybe we can talk a little bit later, but um, finding um, on-ramps for everybody is always challenging because um, not everybody wants to go on the same on-ramp at the same time. For sure. And so, so I find myself trying to minister to layers of people and also not get too discouraged if... If somebody came in the room and that's the first time they've ever sat through a church service and they didn't bolt and run, that's a win for me. Okay, so so maybe they've took one step closer than than somebody else. But at the same time, I also don't want to water. I'm not going to say water things down. That's a bad word. I don't I don't want to limit the on ramps so that people who want more of God can't get more. Um, And so. So I think, I think I'm looking sometimes for handlebars for people from, from may, maybe mainline denominations so when they come into our service that they can, they can feel, oh, it's, it's not all just shifting sand here. There's, um, there, there's something that I can I grab, grab a hold of. And why do I do that? I don't do that because I'm trying to quench the spirit. It's the exact opposite. I'm trying to invite everybody. And so I, th- I think I'll say this and we'll move on to the next question. I am trying to learn because I tend to be a person because I'm a little bit introverted. I tend to be a person. I go into the presence of God. I'm going to go like this. And I really don't care what you think. Because if I'm facing God, I, you're not distracting me. Okay. The problem is when you're facilitating and in a God encounter in a church, not everybody's the same place. So Jesus had the, the uncanny ability to always be to the crowd. Right? I mean, he was never, it was never lessened. 
He always, and so I, what I want to be is I want to be as much like Jesus in everything that I do so that um, I, I, can, I, can, I, can bring, I can bring them in. And um, I know that didn't really answer your question. I apologize, but probably, we, could talk, we could talk later. I've got, I've got some specific things I've tried, but I don't know if it'll work for everybody. <laughs> One last question? Well, I was just going to touch on that real quick here. Yeah, let's, if it's on that, let's, let's wait. Okay, so um, what's, what's the other handout I gave you? Okay. You, you've probably found that this is, um, th- we're talking about being naturally supernatural. This is trying to lay some foundations so that um, you, you can naturally be supernatural. Um, it's important that you understand, and sometimes what people have said to us gets into our heads, and our, and our heads are our, our worst enemy. God spoke, and I've read this, I've heard this, but preached on it, whatever, I've been in Sunday school. I've been in church all my life. I'm 54 years old. I don't remember a time I wasn't in church, so I'm familiar with the Word of God. But when I heard this in John 10, 2, and 5, that Jesus is, is, is saying that His sheep hear His voice. He calls His own sheep by name and leads them out. And in the context, you need to understand that there are many sheep from different folds all in the same secure location, and the shepherd would come and call them, and his sheep would respond to his voice. Okay. But what really um, got me, not only do we hear God's voice, should we? There's an expectation that we should hear his voice. In, In this context, if we're going to take this, at, at face value, if I don't get up when Jesus calls me, I must not be his sheep. Okay? So I want to make sure I hear his voice. I mean, to me, that's Christianity 101. I don't want to be 15 years old in the, in the, in the Lord still struggling, wondering if I know God's voice. I want to know his voice. Because his sheep know his voice. So I want to know his voice. And then, then they say this and this... This is so good. There's so much stuff that we that the devil tries to paralyze. Well, what if you get it wrong? Well, what does he say? A stranger, they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. God, help me to get that type of an ear for the voice of God. That I can get past struggling, but I know, I know his voice. I know his voice. You know, I've never been in the military, but if, if I was on the battlefield and, and some of my fellow soldiers told me to duck, if I trusted them, I would duck, wouldn't I? I wouldn't say, well, brother, why are you asking me to duck? <laughs> it's too late, right? Right? That duck doesn't duck. It's going to be somebody's meal. We, we, I don't want to be like that with God. Well, God, Why? Shouldn't I trust him enough that when I hear his voice, I just say, yes, sir, we'll talk about it later. Right? I want to get to that place. I, 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 I want to know his voice. 
God's people are able to distinguish between God's voice and a stranger, and they flee from a stranger's voice. So what do I do? Is I take, I take this word, so I want to hear clearly from the Lord. I want to untangle some of the junk that, I, that disagrees with this in my head. So I'm, I'm going to gaze into God's heart through His word and say, Lord, would you just begin to line me up? Tell me why. And then I can hear people. I can hear my own voice saying things. And I say, you know what? That wasn't the smartest thing I ever said. That wasn't the smartest thing so-and-so ever said. Because in, in our carefulness, wow. So here we get in trouble. In our carefulness to get it right, we miss God, I think, more times than Peter. Is it you, Lord? I mean, he wasn't 100% sure. He wasn't sitting there going, I wonder if I'll sink. I wonder how this is going to go. He just, I think it's the Lord. I'm going. Right? So there's something about knowing his voice and then going for it that God honors. Because he's going, look, he's trying. Angels, look. He's trying. Look, he got out of the boat. I've been trying to get them out of the boat for years. He got out of the boat. They're not even talking about sinking. We're talking about sinking because we never got out of the boat. But heaven's celebrating. Peter got out of the boat and he walked a couple of steps. Look, humanity is starting to act like God again. Humanity's starting to act like the Savior again. Hallelujah. So, Romans 8, 3, 4. 834, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. He's rooting for you. We're not, we're not going to you know, give, give an Olympic score to a baby that's learning to walk for the first time. And we, we need, if we're, if we're going to hear God clearly for ourselves and others, we've got to quit making people be Olympic athletes before they've learned to walk. And sometimes it's okay to say to somebody, what's your first step? Sometimes the lecture of, now be careful because one time in 1932 I did something wrong and it got me in a bad place. That ain't helping them. That ain't helping them. All that's going to do is paralyze them. And so we're talking about risk, right? Faith is risky stuff if, if you don't understand the king. There's no risk involved at all when we understand who he is, right? So, so here, this is what I do. Just ask the person to imagine listening in on Jesus' prayer to the Father. Look at your friend. Can you imagine what Jesus is saying about your friend? I know people have issues with imagination. I was told imagining's dangerous. It's bad. But we're created in God's image. He imagined us and then created us. So if my imagination is sanctified, it's a good thing. Great things can happen in the midst of that. So um, looking for ways to just get people started down the road to hearing the voice of God. 
oftentimes it's easier for you to look at somebody else and hear from God for that other person than sometimes it is for you to hear for God for yourself. And if that's the case, ask him why. Why is it easy, easier for me to hear from God for Randy and Josh and I'm struggling to hear for me? Because I'm supposed to be on this relationship where I know his voice and we have a conversation, right? Me and God. Because what if Randy and Josh aren't there to tell me I better be able to hear God for myself. So asking, asking those questions will help a lot. Okay? Well, we've, got, we've got three minutes. Sorry, I kind of rushed through that last bit. Um, any, anything else you want to hear before we go? Maybe Jesus had that conversation about which direction to go when he met the woman at the well, right? Yeah. Why are we going here? I was just to say, relating to um, sensing God's presence in the workplace, I'm by vocation right now. First time I've been that way, and it's really different. But when I go into public schools, substitute teach, you know, you feel the warfare and all that. But I came across something again a while back where we can realize there is no really secular um, aspect to a Christian life. Even in our workplace, if we can have that a renewed mindset, the scripture says, have your mind renewed, that we are there in our secular jobs, in our workplace, for a purpose. That brings us into a spiritual awareness yeah. right off the bat. And it just so happens we're getting a paycheck on Friday. We're not there to get the paycheck. We're there to serve. And we just happen to get paid. Serving Jesus. Yeah. It brings a whole new mindset and a focus on the awareness and the purpose of it. In actuality, you are all missionaries cleverly disguised as That's good, Steve. Cleverly disguised. Yeah. Yeah. Got one minute. Yes. Uh, along the same lines, I nursed for 40 years of my life. And what helped me was one, to pray in the spirit. The other was to count it as worship unto the Lord. That I was there to help my family. I was there to minister. So when I came to a hard place, or I said, Lord, this, I, this is worship unto you. I'm worshiping you. And it always seemed to and that's renewing our thoughts getting in line with what our lives are all about yeah I know you're out of time and we all need you to rest room and all this <laughs>
your mind, you need to be willing to take those thoughts captive. You need to be willing to just step out of the boat, like you said. And demonic spirits you're going to encounter before you even start your ship when you walk in the door. And you've got to be bold. You've got to be willing to listen to those unctions and nudgings of the Holy Spirit. Speak the truth in love and let them know. You know, if they can cuss at you, you can talk in tongues with them. <laughs> and uh, I did that many a time. And I brought peace by a word. And I always remember what it says in the book of Revelation. And that is that they overcome by the blood of the Lamb. The word of their testimony. And a lot of people don't like that third part. And that is giving their lives up to death. Becoming a martyr for Jesus Christ. And that's what he did. And just like Steve said, we're all missionaries. God just has thrown us out there into the world. And we need to let his light shine in those dark, nasty places. Always remember, darkness hurts and suffers in the presence of God. If God is in you, you're making darkness have a bad day. Bless you.